Welcome to the Faith at Work Sermon Podcast. I'm Pastor Jim Melvin. Each week, I invite you to join me as we explore the worlds of faith and scripture. You are welcome here, no matter what faith, tradition, or beliefs you bring with you. I welcome your comments and questions as we face the most challenging questions of life. This weekend marks the 20th anniversary of the day that brought America to her knees. The twin towers of the World Trade Center in New York City, fatally speared by two terrorist-guided airliners, slid to earth, disappearing into clouds of dark gray dust and debris, whose arms crawled out like a hideous monster through the city streets, chasing terrified survivors from the disaster. A United Airlines airplane inscribed a charred stripe strewn with twisted metal, human remains, and smoldering baggage across the peaceful countryside of Pennsylvania. And another plane bulldozed its way into the side of the Pentagon in Washington, D.C., leaving an ugly scar on the symbol of our nation's military might. I remember. I remember. I also remember the day that John F. Kennedy was assassinated. We sat in stunned silence in Mrs. Sullivan's high school English class after the principal announced that the president had been shot and we were sent home for the day. I remember. I remember the day the space shuttle Challenger exploded. This time, I was the teacher standing in front of my own high school English class, watching the launch on a TV with my students as their excited chatter turned to grim silence and the realization of what was happening unfolded before us. And I remember. I remember the morning of September 11th, 2001, Someone ran into the church office where I was pastor and told us to turn on the radio because a plane had just flown into one of the towers of the World Trade Center in New York City. I remember. At this point, looking back over my 70-plus years of life, I remember a lot of things. Ironic, isn't it, that we mostly remember the tragedies. These events have left scars on my soul. They've left scars on your soul. They've left scars on the soul of America. Many of these tragic events, especially those caused by humans, we've been told to remember as a patriotic duty. Remember the Alamo, where Mexican General Santa Ana slaughtered the Texian and Tejano troops led by James Bowie and William Travis? We've been told to remember the Maine, the sinking of the American ship, the Maine in Havana Harbor, which led to the Spanish-American War. The whole slogan, by the way, was Remember the Maine, to hell with Spain. 
Most notably, the people of our notion, nation remember Pearl Harbor, the day that President Franklin Delano Roosevelt declared would live in infamy. One other chapter of history that the whole world has been called to remember is the Holocaust of Nazi Germany. It was such an unprecedented and vast display of evil that although it occurred across the ocean, it's become embedded in America's memory bank. Always remember, never forget. In all of these examples, it is implied that being a true and loyal American requires that we remember these dates and these dark deeds. We are a people united against a common enemy, or more accurately, against a growing list of enemies. Patriotism becomes an act of remembering the enemies of the past so that we are ready and prepared to unite against the enemies that we will face in the future. This spirit of always remember and never forget was forged in the battles of the American Revolution against Britain. That's the birthplace of American patriotism. It's the reason that Patriots Day is celebrated each year in New England, the New England states, in remembrance of the battles of Lexington and Concord. And it is the reason that Patriot Day, without the S, is observed each September 11th. Christians have a similar command to remember. Just before Jesus was unjustly tried and executed by the colluding Jewish authorities and their Roman overlords, he met with his disciples for a final Passover supper. At that meal, as he blessed and offered up the bread, he said, when you eat this Passover bread in the future, remember me. And then he offered the ceremony cup for them to drink. And he said, when you drink of this cup, remember me. They were to remember the unjust way that he died. And as Christians, we remember. We have special meals called Holy Communion to remind us to never forget. To be a Christian means to remember Christ's death, just as to be an American means to remember those who have dared to attack us. I think, I know, it is important to remember. It is wise never to forget the lessons of the past, especially the ones that may threaten us in the future. As we throw ourselves into these solemn rites of remembrance, we would be wise to ask ourselves, what and why are we remembering? Especially as the, event, the events that we remember recede into history, is it always really healthy to never forget? Might not the cumulative affronts of the past begin to weigh us down like a proverbial millstone?
I fear that when we hear always remember or never forget in the context of recent affronts to our nation's sovereignty and safety, that we hear them as a call to revenge as a means of extracting justice each day of observance becomes payback time to unto others as they did unto us and then some don't walk on the fighting side of me don't tread on me this is a natural human response but it is a childish response more at home on the playground to deal with bullies. It is a dangerous spot response that perpetuates conflict and leads to greater damage and violence in return. It is a patriotic response only if we narrowly and uncritically define patriotism as the right to extract revenge on our enemies, no matter what the cost and to whom. What would it be like if we still remembered the Alamo in the spirit of when that expression was coined? You see, the attack on the Alamo was a broody and bloody, brutal and bloody slaughter carried out by President General Santa Ana, which took place in 1836 after a 13-day siege. The conflict occurred, however, in the complicated, complicated context of America expanding into Mexican territory in the West. Patriotism in that case included a belief that America was destined by God to occupy the continent. It was important that America in the 19th century unite, unite around that understanding. Otherwise, our nation as we know it probably wouldn't have come into existence. But what if remember the Alamo meant the same thing today? We would be in perpetual war with our neighbor to the south. We would see the Mexican people as our enemies still. We could justify launching attacks of retribution pushing south of the border to avenge the death of American icons like Jim Bowie and Davy Crockett. And by the way, history is unclear whether Davy Crockett died at the Alamo or was taken captive and executed or survived. I doubt that even the most patriotic American would want to revive that old feud. Even still, tinges of animosity linger by some Americans against Mexican people. Maybe it's time to forget the Alamo. Remember the Maine. To hell with Spain. Should we hold on to our animosity to our Spanish neighbors across the Atlantic now that they've given up their colonial interests in our hemisphere? Now, first of all, historians largely agree that the Spanish were not responsible for the explosion that sank the Maine. It was likely an accident that was used by warmongers who sought a conflict with the Spanish as an excuse to drive them out of our area of the world. I say, 
Let the Maine rest in peace on the bottom of Havana Harbor. Obviously, the Alamo and the Maine are distant historic references that most of us don't pay much attention to. Pearl Harbor now is more immediate because of some living Americans have relatives who died on that day of infamy, and many of us have grandparents and parents, living or dead, who fought in World War II. My generation was relentlessly bombarded by cinematic accounts of the fateful December 7th day. There are some of prior generations who still view the Japanese with distrust and see them as our eternal enemies. Holding on to the memory of Pearl Harbor led immediately to the subjugation of Japanese Americans to inhumane treatment. Without cause, Japanese had their property confiscated, were assigned to internment camps, and caricatured as inscrutable, hardly human beings. Despite the success of millions of people of Japanese descent at enculturating into American life, hatred has still been generalized to all Asian people, which has led to recent attacks and harassment. Have we learned anything from our past practices of holding on to old grievances? Even clinging desperately to hatreds that arose out of the Nazi Holocaust would have disastrous effects. Had it not been for the United States and other allied nations contributing to the rebuilding of Western Europe through the Marshall Plan, the people of Europe would not enjoy the prosperity and peace that they do today. Had hatred and animosity been generalized to all people of German descent, my own immigrant grandparents and our family could have borne the insults and injuries of revenge. That brings us to our day of remembrance for 9-11 and the logos with the image of the Trade Center towers crumbling in flames and those logos are emblazed with the words, Never Forget. As hard as it is for me to believe, those buildings fell 20 years ago. In terms of revenge, it's impossible for me to pinpoint from whom that revenge would be extracted. The principals who carried out the attacks on 9-11 died on that day. Most of the co-conspirators have been captured, killed, or have died. Osama bin Laden, mastermind of that dreadful day and head of Al-Qaeda, was shot dead, a bullet to the head. About one-fifth of Americans alive today were born after 9-11. But we cannot forget. Even those born in the last 20 years still live in the aftermath of 9-11, we're currently embroiled in controversy over the withdrawal of troops from Afghanistan, where we fought the longest and most expensive war in U.S. history, and where too many of our young men and women died. And every time we check in for a flight in an airport and go through security, we're confronted with reminders of how drastically our world changed on that day 20 years ago. Fear and hatred have been generalized 
to Muslim and Arab people who had nothing to do with something that happened when many of them were not even born. Because we cannot and will not forget. But there are better ways to remember, appropriate ways to remember. There are more important and valid reasons to not forget. There is a vision of patriotism that is not based on hatred and fear, but of love of others, hope for a brighter future, the love of God, and the love of our country as a refuge of justice and a beacon of liberty for all. First and foremost, Patriot Day is a time when we remember those who died on 9-11, the victims. One of the best ways to remember is to visit the 9-11 memorial built on the foundations of the towers. The names of those who died in those towers, the passengers and crew of the planes that crashed into them, those who died in the crash of United Flight 93 near Shanksville, Pennsylvania, and those who died when American Airlines Flight 77 crashed into the Pentagon. Remember them. Add to them the name of the first responders who died. Reading the list of names while watching the waters flow into a dark abyss inside the foundation where the tower stood evokes a sense of horror and empathy for what those who died on that day experienced. Visiting the spot is a way for us to share in a small way their suffering and the suffering of those they left behind. Around the country on Patriot Day, crowds will gather to observe a moment of silence at the hour the first plane dealt its lethal blow. Names will be read. Prayers of remembrance will be prayed. We will remember. We will remember not burning in the flames of residual hate, but hearts warmed by love and compassion, and I would hope signs of healing. Yes, those people are not forgotten. We remember them. We will also remember so that we can continue to learn ways to avoid committing the same mistakes again. Now, we've learned that terrorism is a real and deadly force in the world, hence the security measures that we are forced to observe at airports and large public gatherings. Unfortunately, we human beings have not been able to learn the subtler lessons of history. We've not learned yet the hazards of propagating irrational fear of and demonization of people who are not like us. We've not fully digested the toxic effects of an uncritical appetite for revenge. On this Patriot Day, we are presented with a unique and teachable moment. As our nation struggles with the confusing and divisive process of withdrawing our troops and evacuating civilians from Afghanistan 
we are staring the direct legacy of our response to 9-11 in the face. What we are seeing is not pretty. We are confronted with a list of Americans, those who we also remember, who gave their lives, and thousands more, who will carry the scars and injuries that they have received there for life. We see the Afghan people once again under the brutal control of the Taliban, who have been now emboldened by our withdrawal. We face the prospect of a new generation of America-hating terrorists who may seek their own form of revenge, a new and improved 9-11. And we will confront renewed hatreds, thoughts of revenge, and political squabbling in search of someone to blame. Or, we can remember. We can remember on the night that Jesus was betrayed. He took a loaf of bread and said, When you eat this bread, remember me. And then taking a cup of wine, he said, When you drink this cup, remember me. But what does he want us to remember? He wanted his disciples, us among them, when we faced the very ones who were torturing and killing him, he said, Father, forgive them because they do not know what they are doing. His message is to remember and never forget that evil is defeated by good, that hatred is cast out by love. As Martin Luther King Jr. once said, Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. On this Patriot Day, the true patriots will stand arm in arm, not divided by hatred, but united by love. We will stand not under the shadow of fear, but in the undiminishable light of hope. We will not look back into the dark pit of despair, but cast our eyes upward to the shining promise of heaven. We can do this because we have not forget, forgotten, nor will we ever forget the power of the love of God. That's why and how we remember. Let's close with the prayer of St. Francis. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, 
Grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to loved. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. And it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Thank you for joining me today. I'm Pastor Jim Melvin, and I hope that you will be blessed on this Patriot Day of Remembrance. Goodbye.